0: You are listening to Gospel
1: for Planet Earth Podcast. Well, welcome to the Gospel for Planet Earth Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, and I'm flying solo today because this is a pre-recorded episode because my wife and I and our five children are on the road uh, doing a music ministry tour, which we're calling the Continuing Acts of Jesus. And the reason for that is we are usually at home doing well many times we are at home doing this podcast from a home studio and we're talking about the gospel that's what this this podcast is about answering the question what is the gospel and why does it matter but we don't want to just talk about it we want to live it so we are out on the road sometimes we don't know where we're going sometimes we don't know how we're going to get there we're just going putting ourselves at risk in a place where we need to trust Jesus to be things for us, to do things for us, to provide for us, to give us words to say, to open doors of opportunity for us. We are putting our hand to the plow, uh, and that is, again, what this podcast is about. We believe that the gospel isn't simply a philosophy or an intellectual idea. It's a reality, and it's for boots on the ground. It's for the terra firma. It's for the planet Earth, the ground we're walking on. And so we're going out and participating with Jesus as we've been studying the the book of Acts um, on this podcast recently, and we noted that Luke said that in his first account uh, that he wrote about Jesus, it was about what Jesus began to do and teach, and this second account is about what Jesus continues to do and teach through his people. And we, the people of Jesus, are continuing those works today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, But today we're doing something a little bit different. I was recently on a YouTube show with uh, David Arthur, and David's been on my show uh, multiple times sharing his testimony, which was uh, a life of 30 years spent in the LGBT world. He had full-blown AIDS, was on his deathbed when he cried out to Jesus and God healed him. We have his story here in, in the archives of the podcast, so I encourage you to go back and to check that out. It's called Breaking Free from LGBT a true life story uh, from within the LGBT movement. And uh, you can check that out in the archives. I'll also have a link below today's episode where you can check that out. But uh, David has his own YouTube channel, and he had me on because as a new, fairly new Christian, um, he recently encountered the doctrine that is known as limited atonement, in that uh, some people believe that Jesus' blood was shed uh, only for the elect, only for those who would come to him. And according to this doctrine as well, the only people who come to God are those who God chooses to bring to him. And that God doesn't love everybody. That's the way it was presented to him. He was a little disturbed about this, and we were talking about it, and he liked my explanation uh, of election from Romans 9. And It was just a brief synopsis, so he asked me to share it on on his show and also to share my testimony. So it's it's just a brief version of my testimony, and it's a brief account of my view of the doctrine of election and how that works in Romans 9. But I think it's interesting, and I think it was very lively and exciting uh, to talk with people who were engaged on the topic, and I think you will enjoy it as well. So we're going to get into that, but first, just for reference, uh, we're going to read Romans 9, so you'll have a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about if you're not immediately familiar with the text that we refer to, and such. So we're going to get into Romans 9, into the interview, and I will be back to uh, say a few words in closing. I also want to note that the sound quality is not as good because uh, David was coming through my computer, so you'll notice that, but I think it's worthwhile listening to, and I trust you'll enjoy it. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, why not take a minute to rate and review the podcast so more people can find it? That'll help me out, and I would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get into Romans 9. Romans 9, New American Standard Bible. I'm telling the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the temple services, and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel, nor are they all children, because they are Abraham's descendants, but through Isaac your descendants will be named. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are regarded as descendants. For this is the word of promise, at this time I will come, and Sarah will have a son. Not only this, but there was Rebekah also, when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. For though the twins were not yet born, and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, The older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up to demonstrate my power in you, that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So then he has mercy on whom he desires, and he hardens whom he desires. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, Why did you make me like this, will it? Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call those who are not my people, my people, and her who is not beloved, beloved, and it shall be in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved. For the Lord will execute his word on the earth, thoroughly and quickly. And just as Isaiah foretold, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a posterity, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have resembled Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith, But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Without
0: further ado, I want to introduce Carl Gessler. And so Carl, why don't you come on in and just kind of give your testimony.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, wasn't exactly uh, thinking about that, but uh, um, I'm from North Carolina from a large homeschool family. I'm the third out of 12 kids, and uh, I have uh, grew up in a good Christian home. We did regular Bible studies as a family. We had a house church kind of thing. My dad was uh saved from a, he was raised Catholic, but he came to know Jesus really, um, and the Jesus movement uh, through the Assemblies of God, and kind of was raised with a little bit of that flavor, kind of a combination of those two. My dad wasn't Catholic anymore, but he had the fear of God, and uh, that came from his Catholic upbringing. So uh, yeah, it was great childhood, and uh, but I lost my father when I was 23. He was 49, and that really sent me into a Um, a journey theologically. I I should have said uh, at 15 was really when I uh, consciously was like, okay, I need to own this faith instead of just being like me and my parents are Christians. It's I'm a Christian. And uh, kind of uh, what set that off for me was just um, struggling with uh, pornography or um, I mean, I was raised in a good home, so I actually didn't have access to pornography, but it, I found what I could. I still struggled with lust, and uh, the Lord really convicted me of that, because like, I would just give into it and then say, oh, sorry, Lord, sorry. And One day I was going through the grocery store, and I looked at the magazines and then, you know, did my thing. Sorry, Lord, you know, sorry, and, and I heard in my heart, either stop saying that or stop doing it. So either stop saying you're sorry or stop doing it. And then, like that was really a scary watershed moment for me and where I realized I had to kind of make a choice in life. And uh, so that's when I began to follow Jesus uh, on my own. And uh, then when my dad passed away, um, he was kind of the theological leader in our family, the spiritual leader. And uh, so I felt the more uh, stronger urgency to dig deeper into that. And, um, short story is that that's where my podcast comes from. Uh, but I've also been yeah, leading,
0: and that's why I wanted you to tell us a yeah. little bit more about your podcast, your website, what you and suzy and you're gonna do uh, it. Justice, Carly, Wesley, Josephine, Teresa, and the
1: baby on the way. Nice, good job. Yeah, so. You you did it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, so um, what we do is based on what we say we believe, um, you know, that uh, Jesus, when we read the Gospels, we read that Jesus fed 5,000 people with two fish and five lo- five loaves of bread. And then we go around telling people that this same Jesus isn't dead anymore, but is alive. And this same Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so it's always been in my heart to travel the country leading worship because worship has been a major uh, part of how I have found roots in the Lord and strength to overcome sin. And I believe in the power of worship. And I mean, that's the essence of conversion is to worship God. And uh, so knowing that that was in my heart, uh, I felt compelled to, you know, just to do something to stop complaining about the world and to do something, to uh, be the solution. So we started traveling without uh, any resources, anything to back us up. We have many stories to share on that regard, but uh, just going out in faith, sometimes without any funds whatsoever, (laughs) virtually. And uh, we've been across the country twice. We've been to 47 of the 50 United States, singing in rescue missions and churches and teen challenge like Christian rehab centers and uh, coffee shops and homes and uh so we do that as a way of saying we believe that the jesus who fed five thousand people then is able and to feed us now uh you know to multiply our provision and uh that he's never we're never without him and so we're trying to live like that's true yeah amen so okay so
0: recently and and you know this is the, this is jesus this is uh jesus that can do anything he, he's able and he's willing and he's ready and recently I've, I've come across this um doctrine like we were we were discussing when i was down in north carolina and it's it it really basically and and i'm not going to give any uh, glory to to where the doctrine comes from or anything like that but it's it's really a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and it's um Okay, so the doctrine that, that I'm referring to is that Jesus didn't die for everybody, that Jesus doesn't love everybody, that um, that only the elect get to heaven. And that some people were made for heaven and some people were made for hell, but hell was created for the devil and his minions. Scripture is clear on that, as well as, um, I mean, my, kind of, my question in the back of my head is always like, how do you know that you're the elect, you know? When when they talk about being the elect, and so we when you and I were discussing some of this in North Carolina, you talked about um, Romans nine because that is uh, one of the biggest uh, defenses that they have, and you had this most. You know, I'm always talking about we have to teach people like we're teaching children, no matter who we're talking to. It could be seasoned Christians, new Christians, or non Christians, but you have to teach them like you're teaching children so that they get it, and you you explained Romans 9 in such a way that i mean it blew my mind and so i would like you to kind of uh, talk about Romans 9 and i can pull it up on the screen i mean and, and I, I believe it's how it's it's pretty much how your dad if i'm not mistaken it was pretty much you know how your dad showed you how clear the scripture is and then the script i mean the scripture pretty much you know explains itself and so
1: well it's it's a it's a difficult topic um and it's actually one that I just want to say too you know most of my friends we're talking about uh um limited atonement, which is the technical uh term for it the idea that jesus's blood only covers the elect uh that it doesn't cover all those because uh if you are a Calvinist and many people are. Uh, then in your theory of how Jesus's death works, then he died only for those who would be saved. Uh, So only for the elect. And um, so I just want to say most of my friends are Calvinists of some kind, whether they know it or not. That's kind of like the uh, assumed backbone of the way we think as Christians uh, in the West. Um, It's just our heritage. I've never been a Calvinist myself. My dad wasn't one either, but Uh, I do want to say just that um, many people who believe this way, I know they love Jesus, and I'm not trying to attack them, but I I think that it is based on a misunderstanding, and it has been a very difficult uh, topic for people. It's been a stumbling block uh, for generations, I think, and I don't want to claim that um, with one sentence I can uh, change this lifelong, uh, this age-old debate, but um I do believe there's a way forward and um I think one of the things that we have to do is like I can I can go through Romans 9 we can talk about that but we're not going to be able to figure it out uh by um going with a fine-tooth comb over every sentence of Romans 9 uh, you have to get the wa- the lens wider than that to understand um you cuz David you just said that the the Bible is kind of self-evident or it, it explains itself that is true, but we don't come to the Bible within its own context. We come to the Bible from our context and our Western.
0: Already learned, taught
1: eyes. Yes, and so our difficulty is recognizing the things we have assumed before we came to the text uh, to begin with, and we live in a world that has been shaped by. Um, you know, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm not a his, uh, historian uh, exactly, I just have some reference points here, but I know that, uh, you know, since before the time of the Reformation, there's this idea of a split-level world that when we die, we go to heaven or hell. Uh, it's like this dualism uh, that this earth gets burned up and it's all left behind, and what matters is how do you, where do you go for eternity. Um, and we come to the Bible thinking it's going to answer this question. And so, when we come to Romans and we hear about this person being, sub, uh, this group of people being set aside for judgment, these people for blessing, uh, we think this is what it's talking about how individuals get saved for heaven or they get damned for hell. But the Bible is really about uh, God's good creation. That's how Genesis starts off. It's all about God's good creation, about how it's gone wrong, and how God elects a particular people, namely the Jewish people. To be the solution to the problem, and uh, so that ultimately God's design is to heal the world that we're living in. Um, just in the same way that Jesus's broken body was resurrected to life, God wants to take this physical world that He created and said was good, and put it back together, uh, resurrect it to a new life without untouched by decay, and so if i don't i know that's a lot may maybe a lot for a lot of people to swallow like as a whole but this is the narrative that we have to start from uh if we're going to understand Romans 9 because what paul is dealing with here is uh the fact that the people that were called to be the solution the israelite people were actually also part of the problem which is why he says the nations blaspheme God, because of you, he says. If you're boasting and saying, "Well, we have the Torah; we're God's people," he says, "Well, that's true, but the nations have been blaspheming God because of you." And so uh, he presents Jesus as the one faithful Israelite through whom God has kept His promise. God has been righteous through Him, but a lot of Israel has rejected that. You know, um, Paul hasn't. Anyway, uh, the question that the people of that he's addressing are are wondering is, "What is God going to do?" with Israel, um, with his elect people who have rejected his purposes for him. Just to get, try to give the simple answer, and maybe I got too deep here, but uh, to go with what you were, we were talking about, um, when we come to Romans 9, uh, Paul is talking about um, God's predetermined plan to fix the world through the Israelite people, namely through their Messiah, uh, that he was going to do this. He came to Abraham and said, in you and in your family, I'm going to bless all nations. All nations were cursed in Adam, but in, in Abraham's family, I'm going to bless all nations. This wasn't Abraham's idea. This was God's idea. Abraham didn't choose God. God chose him and said, I'm going to do this in you and in your family, period. My choice, I'm doing it. You're elected for this purpose. That's why in Romans 9, there's this whole wrestling thing. How can you say to uh, the potter, why did you make me like this? Well, so God has the right. To do what he wants with what he makes, and this isn't about per individual souls being damned or or being chosen for heaven. This is about God's purpose for the world being carried out through the people of Israel, whether they like it or not. And uh, that's you know that's what the, where the the argument um, is. Uh, so the purpose of being elect for Abraham was not so that. Abraham could uh, go to heaven because God liked him more than other people. It was God was God elected Abraham and his family so that the world could be blessed. So if you are the elect of God, you aren't elect so that you can go to heaven and no one else can. You're elect so that God's purposes can be carried out in the world through you. And that's that's the major difference is that election is not for you uh, in itself. It's for you to be the vessel of God to bring life and light into the world that God so loves. The whole world. I mean, I've just never heard such a simpler explanation that, yeah, you are elected, and there is an elect, but it's, you're elected so that the unelected can become elected. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The, the irony of it, uh, or an interesting thing about it, is um, I actually am a member at a Presbyterian church, which is, uh, you know, traditionally very Calvinistic. But their uh, motto for their church is "blessed to be a blessing," and that's the whole point, you know. And and the human race: what were we called to do when when God created us? Was to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, to be His vice regents, to be God's image bearers in the world. And Israel is meant to be uh, the prototype of the human race, that God is restoring that vocation to human beings through his renewed people. And so that's why when we come into Jesus, we're baptized into him, taking in his identity, and in a sense, a real sense, we become Israelites. We become God's elect people through whom he, we can bring healing into the world. And um, yeah, we are we are elect to find to, to bring people into the elect. We are, we are the people of God to bring people into the people of God. Well, don't imagine for a minute that I think I've covered everything that needs to be covered on this topic of election or Romans 9 itself. Uh, But I hope that you enjoyed this kind of brief synopsis of my views on the subject. If you have questions regarding the doctrine of election, predestination, limited atonement, or anything else in the Bible in general, I would love to hear from you because I can use your questions to help form future podcast episodes. We've done that many times before, so I encourage you to do that. And you can contact me through our website, thegospelforplanetearth.com. And there's a contact button there. You just click on that and send me an email. We'd love to hear from you. You can also get in touch with us through our Facebook page. Um, and you can also stay in touch with us by following us on YouTube. We have a family vlog of our missionary adventures. There's also a Gospel for Planet Earth YouTube channel. That's in It's in development. There's only one video up there right now. It's a marker. But we've got some videos already shot. Uh, but I do virtually everything right now as far as... Uh, preparing the content, filming, editing. So I'll need some time before there are more videos up and running, but that's down as a marker. There's more to come. Uh, You can go ahead and subscribe to that. So as I get these videos ready, they'll be uploaded, and you will be ready to receive them. Also, don't forget to check out our music page, Carl Gessler Music, where you will find my own music Uh, videos, live performances, as well as uh, performances with my kids, the Carl Gessler Band or the KGB, as we are traveling across the country right now to share the love of Jesus uh, in various places, and we are filming as we go. So don't miss anything. Check out those links below today's podcast. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast Again, take a minute to rate and review it so more people can find it and share it with a friend. And if you want to support the podcast, you can also do so for any amount uh, by visiting our website, thegospelforplanetearth.com. Click on the donate button and you can do that uh, through Patreon, which is a monthly giving option, or you can do it through um, PayPal, which is a one-time giving option. And any amount is helpful and we appreciate it. Don't forget to check out David's full story in the link below in the show notes today, uh, breaking free from LGBT, as well as a couple of links from other episodes that we have done on the topic of election, including a debate with Jason Murgas, which I think you'll find fascinating. So thanks for being with us, uh, and we will see you next week. And just a reminder that these podcasts, some of them are being pre-recorded because of us being on the road and having, you know, it's hard to upload things and edit things while you're on the road with five kids. So just be aware that some of the episodes may be shorter or simpler than what you're used to. It's just the season we're in as we're touring, but we're also collecting some very exciting stories that we will share on future podcast episodes. So thanks for being with us, uh, and we trust that you are growing in your faith as you're listening, and we will look forward to following Jesus together again next week here on the Gospel for Planet Earth podcast.